Welcome to the Pastor on the Beach podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Amlin, pastor at Lutheran Church of the Resurrection in Cocoa Beach, Florida. And each week I will be sharing a message from our worship services right here via this podcast. I hope you'll consider subscribing and share the podcast with your friends. We all need to hear words of hope once in a while. Well, thanks for listening. Here's this week's message. Friends, the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the people, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? Well, the religious leaders answered and said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give them the produce of the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard this parable, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's that time of year again. You know what it is? Pumpkin spice latte time, that's right. We have coffee at the uh, cafe service on Saturdays. And I joked around last night because there's these beautiful fall decorations all over the tables. And they said, well, why don't we have pumpkin spice coffee or something? Yeah, it's that, right? It's that for sure. And it's hard to avoid being aware that it's fall, that the seasons are changing. Even though we are in a subtropical environment, we do still experience changes in seasons, although in a much more subtle way. There's been a funny meme going around, and I, of course, had to recreate it myself and put it on my social media last night, of a, a fallen palm frond on the ground turned brown, which says, uh, fall has arrived in Florida, right? <laughs> up north, fall is a bit more deliberate. I'm seeing posts by friends of mine up there who are going to apple orchards and getting things like apple cider donuts and, of course, drinking pumpkin spice, whatever, right? Up there, fields and gardens begin to die off. 
And here the temperatures are supposed to be dropping. Did anybody else hear a weather forecast that suggested that it was going to be much cooler this morning? You know, I just got to say, weathermen, right? Well, the temperatures will begin to drop. And it's cooler than what it has been, in fairness, right? You can't help but think about harvest time here, mostly because we are hitting the face with it. When we go into any store, you have to get your decorations for fall, right? Get your fake colored leaves that came off of a fake tree somewhere. So it looks like fall here. Well, the harvest is an important time of the year. It's an important time of the year all around the world. The harvest is incredibly important. And Jesus' parable today is about harvest time, albeit in a vineyard, so for grapes. And this reading is a part of the story that Jesus started last week. He told other parables last week. I should point out by way of context that in this particular part of Matthew's gospel, that Matthew's gospel was written down many, many years after Jesus' death and resurrection. And so this gospel would have been written down after the temple had been destroyed. So these folks are listening to this good news, this story from Jesus here, as people who know what it means to have everything that was the center part of your life destroyed. There are a couple of things that give me pause about this particular parable, aside from just how downright violent it seems. The first is, in what world do these tenants believe that there are no consequences for their actions? And the second, why would they believe that if they kill the heir, they would be the ones to get the inheritance? Just strange things I wonder about. A landowner isn't going to give their land to the people who have been so terrible to the people who represent him. I think that it's all part of how Jesus is setting up these religious leaders once again. It's ridiculous to think that the landowner would continue to give these tenants repeated chances to do the right thing, especially given the way that the tenants have responded thus far. The religious leaders in attendance have to be thinking about this parable with a little dis-ease. Jesus has them nodding along with the story. Well, of course, of course, Jesus. Yes, oh, that's terrible. That's awful. I can't believe it. And then they realize that Jesus is talking about them. That's uncomfortable. About these religious leaders of the temple, about the ones who were tasked with bearing good fruit and showing God's love and mercy to the world. Remember, in last week's parable, Jesus has already called the religious leaders out for rejecting the prophet John the Baptist and for being a part of his death. This is a place in Scripture where I think we too often get it wrong as well. In verse 43, when Jesus is talking about the vineyard, and taking it away from these Jewish people, he's condemning the religious leaders, not all Jewish people. 
This parable, these words, are not an allegory against Judaism, but instead a moral challenge for those who've not prepared, who've not produced, who've not been a part of the good harvest of bearing fruit in the vineyard. In Genesis, God declares that these people are set apart for the sake of the world, called to be about sharing God, the good news of God's love and mercy for the sake of the world. These leaders that Jesus calls out have forgotten this truth and they have, with their answers, condemned themselves. In the Sermon on the Mount, a very pivotal part of Matthew's gospel, and a place where there's almost always a thread joined to in the other readings, Matthew hearkens back to the stories. Jesus says that those in his audience have been called to be light for the, somebody say world, world and salt for the earth. In other words, produce fruit of the kingdom of God. If the religious, religious leaders are not producing good fruit, they don't deserve to occupy leadership roles. I wonder how we would respond in this situation. I think I can hear an attorney spokesperson on TV, call Ezekiel and Ezekiel, attorneys at law. Get your land back and prosecute those evil tenants today. Call 555 John 316. How do we understand what Jesus is calling the people to do and to be? here, in our corner of God's vineyard. Wherever you are listening to this message today, you're listening on the podcast later this week or in worship later this week online. Keep in mind too that we read this parable of Jesus through our lenses of resurrection. I mean, not just the church, but of the resurrection. How we read this parable is affected by what we already know about God's love, mercy, and grace. Have you heard those words enough in the past few weeks? Love, mercy, and grace. We too are called to occupy this holy and sacred space and to be about sharing the good news, the story of God's mercy, love, and grace for all the world. We are called, you are called, no matter your age or status or giftedness or geographic location, friends online, to be salt and light in our world, to produce good fruit. So repeat after me. I want to bear good fruit for God. We'll try that again next time. I'm awfully proud in a humble Lutheran kind of way of how this congregation has responded to the call to produce good fruit. You've worked together through a lot of adversity to show God's grace and mercy to the people in the surrounding communities. And I think that's worth celebrating as good news. And even as we celebrate the good that you've done and the fruit that you have produced in this place, we must also ask how God is calling us as we move into the future to produce good fruit for the kingdom together. How is God calling you to participate here 
or in our community. Let's try that thing again. I want to bear good fruit for God. Okay, now let's do it with some conviction and some enthusiasm. Yeah? I want to bear good fruit for God. Oh, 100% participation. Ready? I want to bear good fruit for God. That's my guy right there. We must also ask, we need to think about the ways in which we are personally, the ways that we have produced good fruit for the landowner, for God, in the times that we've fallen short of producing good fruit, of tending the ground where we are planted. It's never too late to return to God's love and mercy for you. This parable is an extreme one. I gulped hard this week as I was thinking about how to preach. But it points us to the extreme love of God for us. We, like the religious leaders that Jesus addresses, fall short of producing fruit of the kingdom sometimes. But like the landowner in the parable, God never gives up on us. Repeated chances. Repeated offerings of love. God never stops extending the offer of grace and mercy and love for each of us, for each of you. Even when, and especially when, it doesn't make any sense and we surely don't deserve it. So now somebody say, God's mercy is endless. Thanks be to God for lessons like this one. Thanks be to God for the opportunity to bear fruit, to be salt, to be light, to make a difference in our world, in God's kingdom, in this vineyard. Amen. Thanks for listening. I hope that this week's message has given you something to think about and given you hope that you are loved by God. To learn more about Lutheran Church of the Resurrection, please visit GoResurrection.com. If you'd like to support this podcast or any of the amazing ministries at Resurrection, please visit our website giving page. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Pastor on the Beach podcast.